Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we celebrate the heavy hitters on the job site and in the office. Today, I'm ce- joined by, not celebrated, joined by Joseph Morris. What are we drinking, sir? Some Calypso sugar-free strawberry lemonade. Ooh. Nice. And as always, our Shamrock Farms chocolate milk, because we're trying to pursue an endorsement by them. Like we'll be catching them down the road. Uh, usually we have our weekly show where we hang out and talk together about construction real estate and occasionally we have guests on our show to pick their brains about what they do. So today we have Chris and Hannah Knoll. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Excited to be here. So we usually jump right in with what's your previous work experience and what do you do currently? So if you can kind of tell us about if you want to start with what you do currently, um, what kind of brought you to that point. Either way, we kind of hand it off to you from there as far as what all that looks like. Yeah. Uh, I'll jump in. Basically, my entire adult life has been the same job. Um, I guess in college, I started doing nutrition clinically and then did outpatient and then basically moved into my own practice. So it's pretty much been seven years solidly. Before that, was like croissant shop worker and I did a first store, which is fantastic, out in Tempe. Weirdest people that come in, but it was really fun. Um, a lot of people jobs. And uh, do you want me to go into detail on my business? Uh, yes, please, okay. just so people know what you do. So I'm a nutrition coach. I basically work with all groups of different people, um, from sports nutrition to performance to weight loss, um, medical cases that are diabetes, uh, renal failure, um, and give them meal plans, give them nutrition coaching, macros, depending on what level of uh, need that they have. And uh, it's kind of like a discovery of taking all these parts of the person and figuring out what that individual need with the lifestyle that they have and uh, it's really very rewarding. Awesome. All right, Chris, I kind of dug into your, uh, is it the little biography thing that you got linked to your Instagram and I was like, this dude is doing a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, right now, Um, (laughs) which is kind of ironic because I would say, um, for most of my adult life, I've definitely struggled like trying to figure out what it is I wanted to do. Um, I, I went to college and I was there for a year, dropped out, um, moved back up home. This is when I was living in Dallas and then just kind of started working in the service industry, doing pretty much anything you can imagine from um, working at a Smoothie King to working at a Sonic. Um, and then Funnily enough, I actually streamed video games for a living for like two and a half years. Um, so that was an interesting journey. Um, moved out to Phoenix, uh, started working at Starbucks, and then that kind of led into the whole coaching, CrossFit um, pursuit, I would say. Um, I've been doing that for five, six years now. Um and now photography, um, which I'd say this is a newfound passion. Um, it's definitely, I've been, been blessed as far as what has happened, um, especially in relationship to how long I've been doing photography, um, in pretty much every sense, um, whether it's shooting the Super Bowl or, um, getting the opportunity to, shoot houses like I do now, which is kind of, you know, the, the main, uh, source of income for me these days. So, but yeah. Cool. 
What is the correlation between those jobs? Because that's a pretty broad field. Um, like in photography? Yeah, I mean, like if, if everything you've come from, everything you've done, like what got you from one step to the next? Um, so when I moved out here, um, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I, I actually, um, my aunt, when I was in high school, tried to get me to do CrossFit probably 400,000 times. And I was somebody who's really into bodybuilding, and I would always joke, I'm not doing the fake pull-ups, I'm not doing the, you know, all the crazy stuff, I'm not going to get myself hurt. And then I was in a long-term relationship, actually, and that ended, and I hadn't worked out for a few years. Um, and so I kind of started working out again, and I, I watched the games in 2017, and... I was like, that's what I want to do. I was like, I want to go to the CrossFit Games. Um, so I, I started working out um, at my hotel gym, or my hotel gym, my apartment gym, and um, that kind of like got me into the CrossFit realm as far as like wanting to pursue it. And then um, I was working at, or I was working out at Soul CrossFit. I was doing the Olympic lifting classes. Um, and the the owner at that gym approached me with a job opportunity. He said he, he was going to have me clean the gym. He appreciated the work ethic I had when I was at the gym. He wanted me to clean the gym. He would pay me for cleaning the gym, and I would get a free membership. Um, and you all know, all of you know, like CrossFit gym memberships are, you know, not, not cheap particularly. No, they it's Yeah, it's not particularly something to, uh, you know, Scoff at, yeah, yeah, especially when I'm, you know, grinding away at Starbucks or 11 bucks an hour. Um, so I started doing that, and then um, that's when I decided, I was like, I want to be a coach, and that one pushed me to kind of pursue that, and uh, I, I approached Lance with the idea that I was the owner of the gym, and he was like, yeah, I love it. He's like, go get your level one, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I signed up for a level one that was at Goodyear, in Goodyear mm -hmm. at Fury. Mm -hmm. um, and I paid the late registration because when I made the decision, it was in two weeks. <laughs> and so I like studied, 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 went. Um, and yeah, I still remember opening the email with my test results. I opened the email and then I threw my phone in the bed because I didn't want to see the answer. And she wasn't even there. Yeah, you wouldn't look until yeah. later. And then I looked at it, and I screamed like a little girl, and I passed. And so then I started coaching CrossFit, and um, been doing CrossFit, and been in that realm ever since. So it's kind of crazy. Gotcha. But, yeah. And then where did the two of you meet along the way? So we actually met online. Uh, my friend set me up on a date, and she said I had to... Well, she actually found like on Tinder, like swiped with a bunch of people. Nice. And she's like, you have to choose one person to message because she sent me up on these terrible dates. And I was like, this is horrible. I'm not doing it again. She has one more, but you have to message them. She's like, find something in common. And he's like, got CrossFit in there. And I, I thought it was a CrossFit. Truly, I don't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't know how to do a power claim. I, yeah, that's a whole different story. Um, but I messaged him because he had CrossFit in his like, picture and bio. And then we went out for lunch and... It was an actual lunch, like, where he paid for the date, and he was uh, really nice and respectful, and very different experience, so. That's <laughs> <laughs> because I'm from Texas. That's why. Yeah, the part out in Arizona is a little low. Yeah. 
I don't think he knew what Tinder was really there for, so, like... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing about it is situationally how it all happened, because she's definitely leaving quite a few things out. Um, I... No, 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 not between us. Um, that's, that is exactly how that happened, but, like, from my side of things, I had moved out here, right? I didn't know anybody. So I downloaded Tinder for Tinder reasons. You boys know. And um, <laughs> I started working at Starbucks. And I actually became really close friends with my buddy Caleb, who was actually in her wedding. Um, he was one of my groomsmen. Um, he was the first real friend I made when I moved out to Phoenix, which was he's a really cool guy. Still lives here. He actually moved out to California for a while. But anyway, um, we started going out. We would go out to Mill. Um, we would go to the Q Club. We'd shoot pool on like Tuesday nights and this, that, other. And, um, I'd say my lack of confidence at that point is definitely what um, probably led to us meeting in a sense because I re-downloaded Tinder. I had deleted it. So I was like, oh, I made a friend. And like, we're going out to the bars and like this, that, and the other, but I wasn't going to approach anybody. Um, so I re-downloaded Tinder and I was 23 at the time, and I, you know, you can like set, I don't know if you guys know, but you can like set your age range and like all this, that, the other. And I was like, oh, I'm going to set it to 21 because I ain't trying to deal with a child. And I was like, and I also want this girl to be able to like come out with us kind of thing. You know, I wasn't just trying to like give us some 18 year old chick type, you know, I was a little more respectful than that. Um, but uh, I set up my thing and, I, and Caleb was like no don't do it dude and I was like oh, I'm gonna do it whatever I was like you know what I won't message anybody first I was like these girls can message me and I swear that's exactly how it happened and I went back after I set all the settings I went back and I was like you know what? I'm gonna change the age to 20 I was like because they might be 21 soon is like my way of justifying a, a wider range of, 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 of women and um Literally, like, two days later, Hannah and I matched, and she messaged me first, and yeah. she was 20. He didn't know it then, but it's totally a God thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It's funny. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's uh, pretty crazy. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, the way it went down, that sounds pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, when we met, like, and, oh, dude, boys, I thought she was catfishing the hell out of me. <laughs> I mean, I look at her, like, to be honest, like, Dad on Tinder? No, dude, that's not a thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, like, it's bro. It's like I came wearing a t-shirt dress, and he literally took the takeaway that my calves were large. <laughs> that's all I can see. I can just see calves. That's important for the record. She was wearing like a she was wearing like a quad XL t-shirt. I literally talked about it in our vows. Very fashionable. That I talked about it in our vows. <laughs> Have you guys seen the movie R.I.P.D.? No. Oh, uh, it's so these cops basically die and they're supposed to be tracking down undead people on earth okay and one of them is from the 1800s and his thing is ankles because he's like he'll be like look at my ankles on that thing and the guy with him is like really that's what does it for you he's like women in my day dressed a lot more conservatively so that's what we got to see <laughs> the <laughs> ankles <laughs> yeah it was, yeah, it was, it was the calves <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh jumping a little bit more into the business part uh, and then we're going to be jumping back and forth with you guys if that's all right. Uh, but Hannah, for you, what does client onboarding and then the progress that you go through with them look like in the lifetime of a client? Because there's some people where they're going to be like, hey, 
here's an Excel spreadsheet, you paid for it, it's a one-time buy, or there's some people where it's like, I've got eat chicken this day, beef, fish, and, it, and then they randomize it for the next month, here you go, so it still stays up to date, but what does your onboarding and then lifetime of a client look like? So my whole mentality of my business, the way I run my business, is very different than your standard, and I think it's, I like to believe it's what sets me apart. So when I take a client on, I am going through labs, we're going through medical history, we're going through health history, we're going through the relationship with food as a kid, what their weight gain history, weight loss history was, what diets they've done, everything you can possibly think of to basically figure out who is this person, what is it, what have they been through, what does their gut microbiome possibly look like based off of that, what do their hormones look like. In a lot of cases, I work with a lot of women who are over 30, and the reason they're coming to me is because they've tried everything else on the planet. They've done their own diets, they found the, like, the templates, they've worked with other nutritionists, and they just can't seem to lose weight. So it's knowing they're coming in with a challenge where it's like, can I fix this? And uh, what is it going to take? So sometimes there's a lot of disclaimers of, hey, this is what it's going to look like, but here are some possible things we're going to deal with. Like in a hormone case, it might take a month and a half of repairing metabolism because of the damage you've done, the stress that you have in your life. And then we can actually jump into the actual weight loss. And that's a hard sale. Like telling someone that, hey, you might have no actual like visible progress because that's what everyone wants. They want to mm -hmm. see a number on the scale go down. They want to see their clothing falling off. You know, that's the goal. Um, Lose 30 pounds yeah. in 14 days like the magazine says yeah. at the store. Even the athletes that come in and they're like 15% body fat and they want to be 11%. They still have this, and I guess that jumps further on to things, but... They have this expectation of past diets because that's everything everyone ever sees is basically you're going to give me a guide, you're going to tell me what I can't eat. Um, so basically I take a client, I get all that information um, and I tell them realistically what I think it's going to require of them. Um, in some cases I will assess what I think the level of either someone's previous education of nutrition, where I think their mindset with food is. Um, kind of their discipline level in a lot of cases and figure out, okay, this is what I think you're actually going to be able to start on. And that could be a meal plan for majority of people. It's actually a meal plan when they start where it's everything planned. They tell me if they can't have, if they don't have a microwave, it works and they can only have cold foods or vice versa. So it's to the extent of, I've got people who like work out at a hotel. And so everything has to be in a tiny little fridge. Um, or they only have, they just out in the middle of nowhere, so they only have one grocery store, and everything has to be from that grocery store. So I plan everything out, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, figure out what their schedule, and then essentially the first month, even if they're making fantastic progress, is figuring out what's going to work the best for them, because I can't read minds, I don't know what their lifestyle is off the very bat, and would typically make changes, so I always tell people, they're signing on for at least two months commitment, because we have to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work, and then after that point, by three months, I'm typically pushing someone to start looking at more autonomy. Um, I don't want someone to feel like they have to work with me past six months. I feel like I have failed if that is where they're at. And if they just like the, you know, having meals told for them, which is the convenience and a lot of specifically moms like doing that, um, or just busy working people really like that. I was going to say, I like that too. I don't like yeah. to think about anything when it comes to food. Or athletes. Athletes my biggest group of like, hey, my performance is really important, but I don't want to have to think about what, what all the math works out to be. I don't want to have to think about whether I'm balancing it. Like they know the basics, but they don't want to have to do the thinking. So I do that for them. So I do have people who've been like five-year people. I think my longest standing client really just hit five years right now. I had someone who had been with me from the, my very first client, 
and she just stopped a few months ago. And she'd been accountability, just more or less. Just wanted to like have a check-in once a month, so we just did it, and she'd hit her goal like three years ago. And she just liked having ideas, and she was a little bit like attachment problems. Um, fabulous lady, actually, love her. But she needed the confidence to be like, okay, I can totally do this on my own. And so we just started like less and less and less, and now she's doing fantastic. Um, so it could basically be anywhere from three months to six months to multiple years. Um, but the goal is educate throughout the whole process and then kind of wean them off a meal plan, make sure the body is set up where it has good habits formed, the person itself has the good habits formed, um, that you're training Gretel and leptin, your hunger and satiety hormones, when to go off, make sure nutrient needs are met. So if you are having deficiencies, you might be craving something that you don't realize because your body is telling you, hey, I really want sugar constantly, or hey, I really want salt constantly. And people are like, I just, I'm just have no discipline. And typically, it's because you're either starving yourself for too long, you actually have a fat-soluble vitamin deficiency, so you fat store fat-soluble vitamins in your adipose tissue and in your liver. And in our diet, we could be eating so much food, and we could have so much um, weight on our body and still be very nutrient deficient. And people don't quite realize that, where you look at it, and you know, a lot of people who come to me that are obese and they'll look and say, there's no way I could be low in things because I'm, you know, larger. And then if you really narrow it down and look at, you lost 30 pounds all at once. So you actually lost a lot of nutrients and that because you lost a bunch of mass <laughs> all at the same time and you lost it all in like a month. So realistically, we also have to make sure that's going to be able to uh, not come back up as we're trying to continue that weight loss. Yeah. The first time I feel like I was really exposed to the mi the micronutrient part of it was through Stan Efforting and his vertical diet and everything with that. And because they, I don't know if you've seen what he's done, but a lot of that for me was realizing, okay, like, no, we need to make sure you have all the micronutrients okay. first and whether you want to bulk or cut, that those are the prime objective yes. in all of this. Otherwise you're screwed. Yes. That's why my business is called Inside Out Nutrition. The goal is to figure out who is this person on the inside. We need to make sure everything internally is healthy and then as a result of having everything internally healthy and cared for then the external is the kind of the benefit that comes from it and most people even if they're still working on hormone you know repairs they're still going to have compositional changes because it's almost unavoidable to have muscle gain and repair because you've been underdoing it and have fantastic energy and better sleep and those things should all be there um, it's just the weight and having that drop like they want typically could take longer. Yeah. How many touch points do you have with someone in the first 60 days? I would say two weeks after they, so we do a consult, I send them an email, we get started, make sure they don't have any questions before they start. So they have everything, so there might be, in some cases for someone, a, two texts, and then for someone else could be three calls. Um, and just real quickly like, you know, how to use the app and typically younger generation, they're like one text and they're good because it's an app. You got people over 50, now we got like three calls. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people, in some cases, I don't even use an app. I just create a PDF because I'm like, this will work for you. <laughs> and we're not even mess with it. Um, and then after that, it's two weeks. And then consecutively, I try to really, really encourage that it's their responsibility to book. But I want to see them every three weeks to at least once a month minimum because, again, can't read minds. If you push off too much past that, you know, life gets ahead of you and then they kind of make excuses or kind of get distracted and, you know, re-pull the reins in and, you know, type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously I 
text them once a week and I make sure I get their weight. So we got weight check-ins um, and they know they have access to text me, which I've now set some boundaries only because I was answering constantly and I get, you know, maybe 80 to 150 a day and it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> so now I just basically 12 hours to respond and I'll batch, like literally on my to-do list during the day. I have, end of the day, I have to have all my texts done, but I will batch every couple hours. I'll just start responding to texts, yeah. move on to the next thing, batch text response. And it happens with my friends too. They hate it, but they're in the batch. <laughs> so, yeah. And then with the app, is that something you guys had to develop? Did you have someone develop it for you? What is that? So it's actually called Chronometer. It's accessible to anyone. It was okay. created by dietitians to be utilized by dietitians. So it shows micronutrients and it shows um, it's every food in there has to be verified. So if you ever use MyFitnessPal, you can pull up an apple and there's like right. seven different apples and one of the apples has zero carbs and another one has 60 carbs. And it's simply because people are just adding apples into the or into the MyFitnessPal app and it's not really accurate so when someone who doesn't know because i've had plenty of clients go apples don't have carbs right or banana doesn't have a carb right absolutely doesn't have carbs um those are types of people that wouldn't know any better and they would add it to their food and they think they're like hitting these certain marks so it's an app like that and they also have access so i can see everything they use i can program the food into the app um it's a very like it's. I can reach out to customer service and they can make a modification if I need it. I can literally import a recipe link from online. It creates a recipe for me. So it's a very handy little app. That's super cool. All right, and then Chris, this is something I've been noticing as far as there's a lot of people who they'll have kind of their time split between different endeavors. So how do you split your time personally? Because there's some people, if it's on social media or whatever, and they talk about how they're executing at a high level across all these things, and then I look at my day and I'm like, I can focus on like maybe two things, and the wife's going to be mad at me by the time I get home. So how do you split your time in between each of those things? Do you try and allocate time on, is it a percentage basis of things that are clamoring for your attention? Is it based on, hey, I've got days allocated and kind of like batching like Hannah said, or what does that look like? Um... So we're definitely very opposite ends of the spectrum as far as um, like how a business is run in a sense. Um, she's very type A, organized, charts, this, uh, lists, um, that and the other. And I'm... Um, yeah, I, I've always done pretty well um, just kind of winging it. Like, you can probably tell I don't have my notes. She has things written down on that piece of paper of notes that you sent to us. And she's, like, reading it as we're driving up here. And she's like, did you look at them? I was like, yeah, I read a couple of them. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of do well when I need to do the thing. Um, perform, if you will. Um, but I would say lately... I, I don't know that I ever, like, focus on allocating more time to one thing than the other. If I see an opportunity, I've just kind of taken it. Um, and, like, you know, like you say, like, function at a high level, do this, that, and the other. Like, all the mumbo-jumbo, all the BS you see on Instagram. Like, that that's probably an important lesson that I've learned in the past six months is, like, if you are given an opportunity, why not take it? Like, why not say yes? Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Um, and honestly, in the past two or three months, I've seen a lot of success just saying yes to things um, as far as work goes. Um, 
from a coaching aspect and also from really a photography aspect, I would say that's kind of the only reason I'm able to do what I am currently doing with photography is because somebody reached out to me, I said, screw it, yes, and I reached out and now I'm and again, I feel blessed by the opportunities that have been given. So, um, no, no specific time. Like I don't block out certain things for my day. Like I just do what needs to be done, dude. A little you bit know? less engagement. Yeah. Customers. So you're probably talking to one guy for something you're going to do for a couple of days. Or? Yeah. So I have like, I have one-on-one clients. Um, I, I have a, a lot of really cool clients that I work with and, um, you know, I have like my coaching schedule. So I coach the classes that I need to coach and, um, like this week, I you know switched up with another coach because I had something come up, and I just really I just kind of make it work. As far as the um, like discussion that happens between me and like clients, I would say as far as photography goes, is um, I, I work with a, uh, a a rental management company, um, and they send me work orders, and I shoot them. Literally, like randomly, be like, "Oh, we should do house tomorrow." They just got yeah, like yeah. If I had the time available, if I'm like, I've got an hour and forty five minutes to shoot this house, I'm gonna shoot it, and I'll edit it when I have the time to edit it. And usually, I try to keep my turnaround time pretty quick. I would say, customer service in every aspect of what I do, coaching, photography. I would say I know that I have probably the highest level of customer service that you could have. and that's where I see success. I, I, I value that. I, you know, that's something I try to bring to the gym. Um, I try to bring to my photography um, because I would say at Starbucks is really where I, I learned that that was as important as it is. Um, you know, these, these days you can tell it's, I don't know if it's Starbucks changed or the world's changed, but when I was working at Starbucks, you know, if you were at the drive-thru window, you, you, you like, had to talk to people. Like, it was, like, it's literally part of the job. Like, it's if like you did not talk to people. Now. Yeah. Like. So you got to prepare mentally when you get out. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You, so you, but that's the thing is, like, Starbucks was all about making a connection and, like, not to hate on Starbucks because, you know, uh, outside of a lot of other things wrong with their company, um, <laughs> their, uh, that connection aspect isn't, isn't a thing anymore. Um, and it. It taught me a lot, you know, I, I, I was told Hannah, like, I would literally keep notes of, you know, like Susan, you know, Susan would come in and, you know, I would talk to her at the window and I'd be like, how are you doing, Susan? She's like, oh, you know, like, kids got a soccer game today. And I would try to make a point to remember next time Susan came to the drive-thru, Susan, how was your kid's soccer game? I didn't know you took notes. Yeah. I didn't think that. 100%. That was the only time I did. <laughs> I, said, uh, I didn't take notes in high school. I didn't take notes in college. I have secondhand nerves for him. He'll have, like, clients that are remote, so he writes the workouts. And I've always wondered, like, how do you just... Like, I have 84 clients. So, like, for me to, like, do that, I think it's impossible. But even when he's had, like, a lot, when that was more of the majority of his business, it was, like, one... Like, rare occasions, he would just sit up and be like, I forgot... And he would do that person, but it almost never happened, and I don't really know how. I do envy that ability. Are you a big point-and-shoot kind of person where it's, if it's someone who says, hey, we've got a new property for you to go shoot, it's like, cool, it goes on the calendar right here, go do it type of a type of a thing so that it takes away yeah, a lot of Yeah, it doesn't make it to the calendar. 
Yeah, no, no, like, like, let's see, let, here, here you go, let me, let me pull up a but, but do you get what I mean, though, like, as yes. far as, like, some, yes. someone's going to text you tonight and be like, hey, can you shoot this, and you're yes. like, yeah, I can get it done tomorrow, just so that it's almost like the checklist just always stays checked off, because I yes. feel like I'm in the same boat with you, probably not as efficient in keeping track of everything, but if things go on the list, it's like, okay, I know it's on the list, I need to save it for later, but it can get missed, whereas... I know that I'm operating at great efficiency when I create a list and just check it all off immediately. Yeah. So it almost seems like That's you have the list sense. and it's we work through it and you're more, I get a list and it's just, there goes the item and get rid of it because I accomplished it. Yeah. I correlate with that too, which is the funny part because when you send me something that's like, hey, we're going to go do this job, we're hanging doors, whatever it is, it's like, okay, Saturday, I'm busy. I don't remember what I'm doing until you say, hey, are you ready? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like for me, like this example, like I, I get a text from one of the ladies that I work with and it's, or an email that says, Chris, please see attached. It's a work order. My response is within like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I can knock this guy out on Thursday and have deliver deliverables to you same day. And I don't put it on my calendar or nothing. I'm just going to remember that. And I did. I shot that this morning. That photos are, I have one more photo to edit and I'm going to send it to you after this. So question about the business side of things, more or less just kind of practice. What did you do with ceiling fans during shoots? Oh, you definitely turn them off. There we go. Yeah, that's how you know this guy's good. Do not. Whoa. People that leave ceiling fans on to take pictures of homes, they need to stop. That one's for you, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't want to step on any toes. No, 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 no. no. He's a realtor that we were He's the guy I met through the real estate team here, and so he's the third guy that we'll, uh, we get together weekly. Okay. So when everyone's on, we'll go through a house that's on Zillow or uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, one of them, he was like, look at these guys' photos. The fancy one. What a rookie. Like, just starts <laughs> ripping this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't, you definitely don't want to leave the fan on. That's big time rookie mistake. And I mean, there are rooms where you don't even want to have lights on. It just kind of depends on if you're shooting the superior way or if you're doing HDR. It depends. Superior way is flambient. And that's like using flash ambient light to get like the highest quality photo. Whereas HDR is like you take you click it and it takes like three separate bracketed images and like one's at a low, one's at a medium, one's at a like high exposure, and then you try and blend them together, but really it just kinda looks like a POS. So oh, that's the other thing. That's <laughs> the one I swearing, swearing is up to you guys, so if you want to swear on the Oh no, I'll I'll keep it out, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things like yeah. Yeah, we're not going to go there. Let's <laughs> not apologize so much. She wouldn't deny it at all. No, yeah, I would definitely say historically, um, I definitely have had a potty mouth. It has definitely cleaned itself up quite a bit, but yeah, I mean, I was six years old running around listening to the explicit versions of Papa Roach songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, my, and I would sing it. My mom didn't care. He uh, <laughs> definitely was, like, real careful around my parents um, at the beginning. And then True. recently she just said, you know, just... I'm just going to be me. And my mom wouldn't care. But there's definitely moments where she's like, her eyes get really wide and she just doesn't know what that means. <laughs> she said, she's so sweet. Lucy's too sweet. Yes. I don't swear around my wife, but the funny thing is, and the, also the problem, when I see Joe or <laughs> his, like his roommate, and uh, if we're all out like on a job, or we start talking about a job, and she's there, 
I click into work. Yeah. yeah. And then that's where my mouth starts going. Yep. It's funny because like I'll walk through a room, see them, and that immediately comes on. And she's like, why? And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I, de- I definitely, outside of coaching, I definitely curse more at the gym. I will do my absolute best to not curse as I'm coaching. Like, I try to have a level of professionalism in that sense, but, yeah, yeah like, if I'm at the gym working out, talking to you guys, or like, whatever, and I'm not there coaching or leading anybody, that's probably when it's the worst. Yeah. All right, speaking about the professionalism, though, there's a big <laughs> difference between shooting rental houses and shooting the Super Bowl. So, were you there <laughs> shooting the inside of the building for the Super Bowl, or was this actual, like player photography and so I would have loved for it to have been player photography and for the sake of my so my clients they they run a catering business great catering business um incredible people two of the nicest people you will ever meet in your entire life um urban phoenix yeah two two of the most genuine kind like believe in you kind of people that you could ever meet. Um, and this was when I was really like getting into photography. And so they got the catering gig for the entire media staff of NFL films for the Super Bowl. Um, and I think that was like one of the largest catering contracts and like a, in Arizona of all time. Um, and so I, they ask, they ask me all the time, like I do work with them too, like, you know, I, I, more things that I, you know, have my, my feet dipped into, I guess, like I'll go serve with them, like I'll put on my nice black clothes and I'll go serve a, at a bar mitzvah that they're catering, um, you know, I, it's, going back to almost like the yes man, yeah, exactly, you know, like if, if I feel the need to, to take an opportunity, which is usually most of the time, I just go for it, because why not? You know, if I'm not really doing anything better, I don't see any reason not to. Um, but anyway, um, so I was doing serving with them there, um, and they would encourage me to bring my camera and take pictures on a few of the days, like that they would make really nice food. Um, and that's the cool thing, is they made different menu, like these people are getting so pampered, holy crap, like the, these people have no idea how thankful they should be for the food that they're receiving, which, you know, like the, the CEO of NFL Films literally told Carrie, like, hey, this is the best food since I've been working the NFL that I think I've ever eaten in this circumstance. So I'm praying that they get the Super Bowl next year too, which is in Vegas, which would be cool because I would get to go to that too. Yeah. Um, but long story short, um, I was doing some shooting for their business specifically there. Um, and unbeknownst to them, um, I left our catering tent and I had, um, some special credentials. And so I walked down where, if you guys have ever been to the Cardinal stadium, there's a section that's like lower and it's like kind of at the back of the stadium. And it's where like all the RVs for like the film people park and all that stuff. Um, and I go down the ramp cause I have the credentials to get through there. And I'm walking toward the entrance of the field and um, I'm sitting there and like the game is about to start, like the actual Super Bowl game is about to start. And so I'm like snapping pics of people and then the, uh, uh, the men in uniform, the, the military guys that hold the flags come up. And so I have pictures of them. Those are literally on my Instagram, my, my uh, 
photography Instagram. And so that was like really, really cool. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can't just like finagle my way onto the field. <laughs> um, and so I turn and I start walking toward the, the credential scanner and they had this place so unlocked that one of the security guys that was standing in the area where like, like the guys carrying the flags would walk onto the field literally saw me take one step toward the scanner and looked at me like this. He said, nope. And he pointed the other way, and I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, no, I tried. I tried. <laughs> um, but no, I, realistically, like, it, it sounds really incredible experience. I don't want to underplay it whatsoever. Like, once in a lifetime, most people won't even get to work the Super Bowl if they're begging to volunteer it. Um, so blessed to have had that opportunity, but it sounds a lot cooler when I write that I was a photographer at the Super Bowl than I tell than when I tell the story surrounding it. Um, so I was this close to the field. Yeah, it, literally, dude. I could see the green, but <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get on it, unfortunately. But you know, again, it, it's really cool. Like I have those memories, and like I got a I got a picture of like the big screen that was on the field from where I was standing, and again, I got. Like, it's cool. Like, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of photographers who have been shooting way longer than me that can't say they've been taking pictures at the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's something that I just feel incredibly incredibly lucky to have done. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of the Super Bowl story. Gotcha. <clears throat> How do you guys set up your businesses then as far as for taxes? Because you've got several different things going on. And then you've got the nutrition business, so it's, do you guys, I guess I'll phrase it this way to see if there's kind of two questions here. Do you guys have crossover in regards to taking care of the nutrition side for someone and then also taking care of some of the personal training for that same person, but then also on the business side, do you guys, is there any crossover with that to try and say, hey, we hold it under a single LLC, is it 1099 for everything, how does, that seems like it could get messy. Yeah, so I do our tax. Well, my CPA does our taxes. Let's not give me credit. I check it over and I go through all the questions, and it's it's a lot to pull together. Last this last tax season was terrible because we had a real we uh, had a rental home and we definitely sold it at a loss, and it was Airbnb experience. Learned a lot of lessons. Took a massive loss. So what I did, and it was technically uh, LLC is in both our names. So I used that. Um, to basically offset some of my income, but then I also pull some, like, so in the past he's done, um, like, for, like, furthered education, like, certification, such a thing, and I will put that type of uh, learning that I would pay for onto my credit, like, business. Sounds really cool. <laughs> I'm talking about that one. <laughs> my CPA said it's fine. Um, so I will put more write-offs that may not fully pertain to my business, but are also in relation to, like, I have clients who work with both him and myself, um, and so his education, or I'll, you know, go toward, like, a contractor's education, because, like, for my employees, if I've done, you know, further education for them, then that's kind of lumped into that, um, so it's kind of a messy thing where I'll pull some things, and um, this would be his, I mean, really your first so he's W two. That's last tax season. So yeah, when we're living in Texas. Yeah. So we'll see. I right. don't know. It's gonna be a mess. Mm, yeah. be it will, hopefully, we'll just lump it all into one. This is, this is the person who won't 
look at it until the day before it's due, and this is a person who's going to have all the lists, and she's worried about it, and I'm not. Yeah, because you haven't done taxes. This um, is a good time way to like prepare your mind. Okay, okay. 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 <laughs> this is a really good time to mention. Uh, we really like to play this game called yes. Minecraft. Yes, we do. You guys are familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so a lot of things you yeah, play a lot, right? Yeah, we play it all the time. And it's everything great. that you've talked about in the last five minutes was all in how you play the game. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know what? This is just how you play in the game. Minecraft. Yeah, so right? hypothetical situations yeah. can get played out. Because if I come up with a terrible plan for domestic terror. In Minecraft. Maybe we play a different game. No, that's the same one. The thing we build houses and like yeah, yeah. little monsters. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy things here. It's, it's like our village, right? <laughs> so in Minecraft, like I may have you know gotten a speeding ticket, you know, hypothetically, kind of catch my drift there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. might be liable for it, hypothetically. In, in Minecraft, <laughs> yeah. Yes, but in the real world. It's not. No, no. Oh, I, I get this. So I if we ever start talking about things that we're like, uh, uh, yeah. you know. No, I, I catch your wrist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a little bit there. But yeah, I was along for the ride on that one because. It's okay. Sometimes I caught the drift immediately. Slow. I'm actually sometimes, sometimes very slow. Sometimes. In Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> it's okay. All right, so then... <laughs> no, sometimes they'll tell a joke, and I'll be like... Oh, Got to process Terrible. It. No, okay. Not a problem. But as far as tools that you guys use, especially you, because it sounds like you have the app going for you, um, what, are the guys, what are the things you guys find yourself using as far as tools and kind of ways to organize things and go about regular activities with the businesses? I have a very extensive system. I have... Type it. <laughs> yeah. Something called Monday.com. Honestly, fantastic. We're yeah. familiar with yeah, Monday. Yeah, yeah. It's got so many cool things. Um, so I use it. The main reason I got into it was for when I started having employees. And I was like, how do I assign someone work without you know making sure it doesn't get forgotten and I get, everything's in the same place and they can like submit PDFs and it's awesome. Um, so basically, I just have every time there's a new item, it just goes into like, you know, depending on what the category is, if it's admin or client meal plans or... And it's designated or a person, and then we'll have the due date in which it's due. And then each day, well, after the day prior, I write out what the next day is going to look like handwritten because ADHD and dyslexia, and I have the whole system to make sure I can stay on track and don't get distracted. And um, so I, I handwrite it so I can see it, and then typically that list can keep expanding on and on and on. Um, and then I also use an app called Text Italy, which communicates with all my people, so I can send a mass text saying, hey, I'm on you know, I'm going to be gone from these days. I almost never do that. I never tell people. And then I just try to do it on vacation, but I'm working on it. Um, but they also get that weekly text message that is automatic. And it's like an email system. So I can open their chart and have the, the app on my computer. And I can go back and forth and put all of their um, weekly weigh-ins. And then what else do I use? Um, I use Acuity. That's all my scheduling. So if someone's in Washington versus um, Arizona, they can book with their time zone. That makes it super, super easy. Um, it's pretty much, I mean, that's kind of the main things I use. I use Excel for all of um, my charting. And that way I can kind of keep, it does all the math for you and it's fabulous. I love the formulas on there. So, yeah. so discipline is an understatement is what I'm hearing. Because that sounds like quite a bit to keep up with alone on just that end of the spectrum. Yeah. I don't... It's like part of my nature, and I feel like that's the way I get 
things done. Like, I, it's weird. You look at my to-do list for the day of, and I will have, so it will be just black and white, and then I'll cross things off, and then by, like, noon, I put in yellow highlighter of the things that are left, so then I'm, because I look for the thing that's quickest to get my, like, hyper-focus into it. I go, okay, what's the thing I can get done and get into a hyper-focus? I'm going to knock that out, and that might be, like, five down on the list, which would drive people crazy, um, but I'm now into this, like, role, and then I, you know, by noon, maybe I have, like, I get up and walk around the house and do chores or whatever. They come back, I have to refocus, so I will like highlight the remaining things with yellow. And then by the evening, if I'm still working at like 8 p.m., I'm starting to use a blue highlighter because I have to make sure I don't forget anything. Um, like when I get up from dinner to like come back after I clean the kitchen and everything. So, yeah, it's discipline, but then also, I guess, just the only way I'm going to function and continue to maintain everything getting done. I feel like there's a marriage there, though, between high, for high performers, especially in the business sense, where it's like, at a certain level, the gentleman who is the team lead for here, he's he's got a ton of listings going on, and he's the same way as far as he's type A, just super organized, but it's then that discipline too, because I feel like sometimes like at my best, I can be type A, but it's sometimes also the discipline where I'll write a list, have it, and then I can start going, and then just forget about it, and then by the end of the day, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So... The secret to that is you have no other choice. You are like, how do you get disciplined to finish this, these things? Like, I literally have no other choice. Mm-hmm. If I push it off one day, that next day is going to be 20 hours. So I better not miss anything. Like the weekends, the motivation to possibly have a weekend off, highly motivating. So yeah, you, just, you just can't, you just can't push it back. So they, they don't have yeah. an option. Right on. Yeah. Well, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. People <laughs> also have dead like. What, so what, what is it that's always said in the Bible? Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But like someone's <laughs> meal plan, they have two. I write two weeks at a time. So I promised my client that they're gonna have the next two weeks, six days before the the current one is over, mm-hmm. and they can look at any time. So I'm like, gosh, I, I cannot. If I'm one day late, I feel horrible. So I always put the due date eight days early, just in case. <laughs> Um, you know, because life happens. Sometimes you do something, and yeah. So I guess question for both of you then would be individually: How do you deal with when you have mounting work, and it seems like it's getting to a point where, ooh, this volume is a little bit more than I think I can physically handle? Because obviously, yes, there's a point to if I don't do something in a certain like if I if I'm not paying attention and diligent. That's one thing, but there's all, like for us in construction, we start opening stuff up, and, and then we go ah no crap. Choice. So it's sometimes volume just defeats you. As yeah. far as when you feel like you're getting to that point, how do you start to say and, and kind of readjust for how you're going to go forward? So I actually kind of took this whole thing. So I was working last summer, probably seventy-five hours a week. I didn't have a weekend. I would work when I woke up. So I'm going to bed. I have horses, so I would go out, but I typically went out maybe once or twice a week. Like, it was nothing like what I have the ability to do now. And I actually took the choice to take a cut of how many people I would take on. So it was about 105 at that point. And it was unsustainable. And I decided that my quality of life and the ability to have like, money is only going to take you so far. So I did take that choice, and great, the whole conversation of like scaling, that's kind of where I'm in the process of right now, um, but right, I took that, like, we're going to only put a cap, so I started putting a cap on how many people I'll take in a week, so I would, 
at one point I was having like average of 10 calls in a day and the call is 30 minutes. So that's the majority of your day. And then you also have eight hours of work on top of that. Um, and it just kept like, I kept pushing the next day because there's a work till what, 10 o'clock at night. And then I still wouldn't be done and I'd be stressed about that. Um, so I actually just make the, made the choice to take less people. And now I have a far more reasonable work life where I can have a weekend off and I can go see my horses and it's pretty doable. And if it gets really bad, because there are definitely weeks that are really bad, I feel like I just know it's a fit. It's just a temporary time. Like I'll just make sure I, I may already work out at 5 a.m., but like something's just going to be pushed over and I maybe just compromise a little bit of sleep or my horses get a little less time and that's kind of just, just for that time because it's only temporary. Yeah. Chris, same thing to you. How do you deal with volume as far as you mentioned earlier? For you, it's a lot of time saying yes to the opportunities that come in front of you, but when the volume does start to stack up and it's like the calendar that you're not using is full. <laughs> My mental calendar. Um, I, can't, I can't say that I've experienced it like she has. Um, I've definitely been pretty fortunate as far as like what those opportunities provide me with as well as like what I'm able to provide myself with from a time perspective. Um, I will say something of that nature happened relatively recently. Um, and I don't know. Um, you know, I, I was definitely, it's definitely one of those situations where I was tired and it was what it was, but I think having a, a better mindset like I do now than I, I did probably even last year definitely helped. Um, it's just kind of one of those things like I just need to get it done. Um, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, give up doing something that I enjoy or give up the time for myself or, um, you know, I just kind of find a way to make it work, honestly. Um, but again, I, I don't know that I've, ever experienced it in the way that she has in that sense like I really don't know that I've ever had to work 80 hours in a week um but like the the most recent you know I I was I got a, a bit of homes um plus working with all my one-on-one -on -one clients that I meet um plus I had done the cactus game shoot um which you know that was a long day I was there for nine hours taking pictures um and I had about one 13-minute break where I ate two tacos, and that was it. Other than that, I was on my feet taking pictures, and then I had to edit all those. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just kind of do it. It's, it's one of those things. Like, I, it just, to me, in my head, it just it feels like work that needs to be done at this point. Like, it, it doesn't ever really feel like, I don't know. I'm not afraid of it. And that's not to say that it doesn't stress me out, you know, it's not to say that I don't have that moment, but... Is it the same thing, though, as far as, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel? So it's like, it is, it's, it's one of those things where, hey, we, we've got a soldier through right now, but it's not like a, we're stuck. Yeah, like, like, I even made a post today on my Instagram talking about, like, it's literally saying hard work pays off. Like, you know, it's... It's That's not trademarked yet. Funny, no, probably not. But um, that could be you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but you know, it's it's one of those things. Like it, it does, and it has for me in many different forms and facets. And 
you know, from a mental health perspective, you know, working on yourself in that aspect of physical perspective. Um, and now I'm feeling it in a, you know, a work, work perspective. Um, and I don't know, I guess I just, these days I just have that belief, you know, it will pay off some days it sucks. Some days it's good. Some days you want more, some days you want less, but yeah, it all pays off at the end of the day. I feel like you also have to just talk it through. Sometimes you just need to bend a little bit that you're really stressed out and you got a lot on your plate. You're saying me specifically? Yeah, specifically. And then you take the next day after everything calms down, like after you get it all done, you kind of take a U day. And I feel like that's enough to kind of go, oh, okay, I'm fine. I can do this. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. I mean, again, like, I, for what I'm, for what's coming in for me now, um, and for how my schedule is, like, yeah, it's not, like, I, if, you know, like, Hannah probably thinks about my schedule, and I was like, what the heck, like, that's so wild, and it's so weird to her, but to me, I'm like, I like it, like, I, I just kind of finagle where I need to finagle, I can pretty much almost always play around to golf every single week, um, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily say that I ever have one full day off from work, but, like, the, the day that I don't have a full day off, I might work an hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'll... And I, I would rather that. Like, I, like if, if I were to work... A f- mm, like, if I were to work 50 hours a week, right? I would rather have it equally spread through all seven days than, like, it be jammed in three or it be jammed in four. Give me four. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I just it doesn't it doesn't really bother me like, um, especially when you know in those days where it's like I need to get three or four hours of stuff done, um, like on a weekend or something. You know, I'll do two hours of it and take a break, go do something, go hit balls at the range or um, play a video game and do the other two hours like it I don't, I don't know I definitely do a lot better job now about not stressing myself out about work than I used to that's for sure so so it sounds like both of you guys have achieved a pretty healthy work life balance which is from the sound of things super important to you guys yeah um for sure do you guys feel like that plays into the business aspect where you can be a little bit more proactive after you've had that time to kind of reset because it sounds like both of you guys kind of like to be frustrated a little bit outside of work. I think, honestly, we're both in this weird place where Hannah did do the 80 hours a week for 52 weeks straight and has now found this balance where, I don't want to speak for her, but it, it it's almost like a struggle to want to like push harder because she is doing such an amazing job and has her free times. Whereas, like, I'm now reaping benefits of hard work, and I'm like, give me more. Give me more. I don't want to sit here and do nothing. I don't want to have the time for the video game. Give me more. Like, which, which to that, would it also be that there's a volume difference between the two of you as far as you can look at your schedule and say, I might have a 50-hour workload, 50-hour uh, work week load that I've got to get through, whereas yours was... 80 plus, whatever that, that yeah. looked like. So for you, it's to say, hey, I, I capped out at my max and I understood what all-in effort looked like and I put that in for a full year and it's not like I broke a glass ceiling that was holding me down, whereas you're looking and saying, hey, 
it seems that when I increase that intensity, I'm seeing a, yeah. a return on yeah. that gain. So I, if I understand correctly, you two are in different places where individually yes. you're saying, hey, I'm still building my foundation, yeah. whereas you're looking more as far as to say, hey, I've tapped out what one person can do. Yeah. And I've, I've tapped that out in an unhealthy way too, which I think that's always appropriate when you're building something. But now for you, it's to say, what does scaling look like? So it, it's not that... Yeah you need to go and like, Hannah, you're not pulling the same hours that you were. How dare you? Yeah, no. But it's then to say, okay, if people are still seeking what you're doing, how do I start to re replicate myself and no longer become just sole operator, but now leader of people with me? Yeah, the whole people aspect and expanding, oh, it's so hard. It's really hard to find people who genuinely want to work. Like, I had a fantastic, my first ever employee, She's literally, if you could ask for an employee and I could just create her, that was exactly what it was. She, like, had initiative, she was super intelligent. I didn't have to worry about, I never even thought, like, I don't really think about my job being a sales job, but it totally is. And she didn't think about it being a sales job either. And we just, like, it's just not a normal thing that you fail a consult. Someone comes to you with a problem, you just tell them how you're going to fix it, and then, then they start. <laughs> That's clearly not how it really works. And I had new people who were like failing consults. I'm like, I gave you 15 people, you get one client. I don't understand this. Um, so that aspect of being able to scale and grow through employees, it's like I want to clone myself. Not to say I'm like, not to sound prideful, but like I just essentially want what I can do and what I know just in multiple versions. And then I want to be able to have the same clients, any client that comes to work with my company would have this client same experience. So that's what my whole goal was, and this was working toward last year. So what I did a lot of is um, I wrote an entire six-month education program with certification at the end, and I had quizzes and lectures, and it's very extensive, and it was, I absolutely loved teaching it. And I did it with six people, and I, have, I need to probably start advertising that again. It's just, it's fatiguing mentally when you're like, I put so much into this person, and granted, they take parts and I can't really complain, but you, the goal is to make um, someone who know, like knows and feels confident what they're doing, you give them clients, and they have the ability to give that client the same experience they would with me, or with um, Caitlin, or anyone else who's working with me, um, and basically, I'm here to go, let's just make sure what your goal for them, and your plan for them is going to actually work, and if you, know, you need to throw back some ideas, like I'm here, we'll talk about it, I'll look over your stuff for the first three months because I'm OCD, and then you're on your own, and I'll just trust that, like, I'll just check in with you and see how your clients are doing every couple weeks. Um, and then they make, gain a commission, and obviously I'm getting passive income because they're using my software and my programs, and I'm checking in with them. And that was the whole goal. And then Caitlin had a baby, and I was like, oh, there goes Caitlin. Um, I love it. And she is homeschooling her youngest or her oldest now, and it's wonderful, and I'm so happy for her. Um, but it just, like, showed I got really spoiled because she was my first ever. And then the next two girls, um, fab, you know, fabulous in their own ways, and there's just port parts to that where either the amount of work they wanted to put there wouldn't equal out. So if you want to make commission, you have to put the hours in. Um, and so it's hard to find people who truly want to put a lot of work into it and who will realize if you, you have the ability to earn commission, so you can make really as much as you want, but you just have to choose so many hours and it's going to be harder at the beginning because you have to take the people on. You have to risk taking a consult that you may not be able to sell. And I need to teach how to sell a little bit better. So 
that would be my goal for scaling would be having a lot of people who do exactly what I do and are just a larger, larger group of people. And I send them that way. Um, the key would be most people, I only get people through word of mouth right now. So I need to expand beyond the word of mouth because if someone's word of mouth, they want to work with me and I'm like, you need to work with, you know, this person. And they're like, well, I wasn't told about her. I was told about you. So I need to figure out the social media. So I've reached out to someone because I, I hate social media so much. It's like the bane of my existence. I cannot stand it. Um, <laughs> But I need to utilize it to be able to have a wider reach where I can go, okay, you know about my business, you know about my model, you don't really know me though, and I can send you to X, Y, and Z. Um, and then Which yeah. in, in that case, it's, I feel like that's the hard transition a lot of companies go through, and we saw it with the company we worked at together, is going from people getting used to communicating with the business owner mm -hmm. to the people who are in the appropriate spots, because... At a certain point, the business owner has their operation and function inside the business, but it's like, it, it can't be that every time that someone wants to make a phone call, it's like, oh, yes, I know the owner, so it's like, yeah. I don't do that job. Like, I, I own the place, but I don't do that job. And one of my girls, Andrea, she's fantastic, and she actually came to me to work as a nutritionist, but she had a bunch of admin experience, and I was like, let's just run with that. While you're going through this internship... Let's have you do my admin stuff. And she was able to optimize programs and systems in a way that I could never. She was able to do text. Um, and she still will do work for me, but um, she still has a full-time job. And her husband wants her to focus on that. And that's like, totally okay. But um, <laughs> also love her and uh, would love her to you know, continue. But um, that was something that was really beneficial. And it was a really good learning experience to go, okay, I can let go. A little control. And she could do some things, and she did fantastic with them. And uh, so when I go on vacations, like she'll take over text messages or emails. And, and it's hard with the email thing or the text message thing because you have to know to look at the chart, know what's going on. But for the most part, like, you can kind of get someone to fill those, like, basic basic roles. Yeah. I don't even know if I answered your question, but that's that long skill. Which I, I feel like it does in, in terms of, like, a lot of that's the struggle of scaling. Yes. Right. And that's an, that's a lot of what I look at in terms of what we're doing because it's there's three of us right now and we're going to be having a fourth guy with us. So the good news is a lot of us share experience in the trades. But at the same time, like I probably have the most experience across multiple disciplines than these guys do. So for me, it's always like, okay, um, it, I, I can't do everything and these guys are great as far as just like, hey, show me how to do it and I'm willing to do the work. So it's, yeah. I, I've gotten stupid lucky as far as meeting Joe and then Bobby and then we've got this guy Caleb, but as far as to be like, they're willing to just put their heads down yeah. and work and it's like, we, we all seem to know like, all right, grab hammer, swing hammer. And <laughs> yes. It's one of those elements of like, I don't want to change the structure and the, perf the quality in which someone and the reason they come to me because, I mean, you look at any nutrition program, they're all very templated. And not any nutrition program. There's definitely one-on-one -on -one coaching. But the standard programs you see are not customized. The individual, they might say they're customized. They put your numbers into a calculator and pop them out. And send them but no them. one's doing blood work. No one's paying attention to the medical history, stuff yeah, like that. I inter interviewed a... Um, so I've been doing some interviews. And I interviewed a dietitian 20 years and 
really respect her as a person and she loved what, the whole field of what I do. And then I started telling her about what she would need to be looking at. And so I told her labs and she goes, gosh, and you know, granted she's been, she went to school in the, you know, I guess the eighties. So very different nutrition education. And that's why you have to get already every five years because it changes constantly. That's why being really on top of, um, research is really important because I get a case that I have no idea. Like this is a whole new medical condition and I'm like, okay, let's find out what this is even about. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting thing to talk to her and then she was like, I have literally no idea how you even handle that. And she's been a clinic full dietitian as for 20 years. So yeah. Yeah. It's a very difficult process and I've seen it happen. I'm like, I look at kind of where we're at, like we're at the very beginning stages. So I, I try and stay very much ahead of like, I'll buy tools way before like, do we need this? Absolutely not. But can I buy it? Yes. And will we use it down the road? Yes. Absolutely. So like, I feel like I'm stocked in that point That's because great. I'm, I'm always just Foresight. looking forward, yeah. but it's like, the only reason why was because I look at it as I've seen the people where scale all of a sudden becomes such that huge constraint that it's like, how do we, how do we break through this? Because once we can figure out the template for, Oh, putting people in place, train you up, get you operable. That's when things can start to really just kind of accelerate in yeah. exponential growth. Yeah. Like Chris was saying, I guess my issue right now is it's hard to really want to push that because I'm comfortable and it's like, uh, again, I don't want to give up what I'm doing, and I don't want to get the quality, so that I can use that as an excuse. So yeah. I've been recently more motivated to really try to just add an extra hour here and try to figure out what I need to be doing. And yeah. Going back to some of the basics of when I started, like going to gyms and talking about what I have. And um, Sean Harkins has the Roots uh, Wellness. I mean, he's a PT, but they have like a wellness center. Mm -hmm. um, and I was talking to him today, I'm like, hey, what if I put my in body over there? Just random ways of doing it where he could just have someone off the street, you know, just passive income, like just different facets and starting like a recipe subscription. So it's not anyone, you could have this, you know, 100 people doing it and you're still doing the same amount of work. Right. Um, so those things are like, started doing little things like that. To some of that, as far as what do you look at your long term? Each of you look at long term goals that you have for yourself because. Obviously, like you mentioned, it's you're in a spot where you can be comfortable with the customer base that you have. And then for you, it's to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm seeing things pay off and I want to keep putting the pedal down because same thing to you as far as there's there's two ways that you can kind of kill dreams and stealings from uh, it's Frisella or Ed Milet. And they say it's one that you can get kicked in the shins enough to where someone's, someone's going to quit. And the other way is that someone can kind of get to the point of like, oh, I, I, I made the first step and it's comfortable there, but for some people it's like, that's good enough. It, it, it's what makes you, what would make you want to keep scaling? The, so I want to be a mom and I want to get to the point where I can be a mom, still do, you know, be a part of my business and help people um, and still be able to provide financially. So that would be my motivation is I want to be able to get to a point where I work I love, I mean, genuinely, I do love working. Like, I don't know what to do when I work every time. I almost, I don't, even when I, now that I have more of like a balanced life, I don't really have free time. I just feel every single second. It's not necessarily a good thing, but that's my personality. Um, so even being a parent, I'd still like to have like 
be able to just have a select few clients and get to meet with them and just take on less people and just hand off the rest. So I want to be able to get to that point where 10 hours making roughly the same amount. And what I see, it's hard because like financially, I grew up on a one, my dad is the only breadwinner, didn't like make a ton. We lived pretty frugally and that was just normal to me. And so it's like, it's hard financially because I would say I feel very happy where I'm at. I didn't ever think I could get here. And so I don't really have a desire to push, but then I also don't want to be worried about money down the road. You know, my dad's, you know, going to be 70 pretty soon here and, you know, he wants to retire. And so that's something he's like, you really need to think about now, like how you're going to get there because, you know, this is when you need to start. Um, and kind of him giving me that because he wants to make sure that when I'm his age, like that is not even something I'm thinking about with working. Um, so just making sure like my family is all financially set and I can have the free time to raise kids and actually spend time with them. Yeah. Absolutely. Chris, what about you? Um, um, I'd say the goal thing can be pretty hard for me sometimes. Um, especially with, you know, the, the struggle that I experienced, like really finding, figuring out what it is that I wanted to do. Um, but honestly, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big car guy, so, um, I, I definitely like to have, a a home first of all. Um, you know, we, we had two homes in Texas and we sold both of them to move out here. Um, and, you know, that, that was pretty hard to do, especially given that, you know, it's our first home. Um, and then, you know, the lake house, we, we had rented it out as an Airbnb. Um, it was doing okay. You know, like it, it wasn't doing as well as we might've hoped. Um, but then because of where the market ended up going, we did have to sell it at a loss. Um, but it's kind of one of those things like, let's just nip it in the butt before it gets even worse kind of deal. Um, and it wasn't something we wanted to keep paying for while we were living out here. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I honestly want to be in a place where I don't ever have to think about what she's buying or what I'm buying and what the price is, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, it's interesting because as far as like clothes go, um, or he buys them. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I'll, I'll live in the same clothes that I've had for the past five years. You know, like stuff like that doesn't bug me. But you know, I would like to have not a crazy house, but some land so the horses can be with it. Because um, you know, it, I know it doesn't suck for her, but it'd be lovely if the thirty minutes she spends driving to the horses and back every day was given back to her to do something else with. Um, you know, having the horses in the yard would be cool. And then I could experience that more with her because, you know, um, sort of those things like, well, if I'm going to go with her, um, you know, I, I could potentially be there for as long as she wants to be there. Or it's like if they're in the backyard and she can do what she wants with the horse in the backyard and come out there for 30 minutes and, you know, spend some time with them and, you know, head back in and do what I need to do. Um, but I, I just don't want to have to worry about money. Um, you know, I know, I don't, I think he asked me the same question two years ago. I'd have been like, I want to be a billionaire, but you know, I, I just don't want to have to worry about money. I, I want to be able to put our kids into things that they love doing. I want to be able to buy them 
you know, things within reason, um, when they come, um, you know, like whether it's for sports or, you know, a, a cool trip, you know, I, I was definitely very lucky in that sense. Like my grandparents, um, you know, I've always done pretty well. So I was fortunate enough to do really cool things like snowboarding multiple times a year to s snowmobiling and dog sledding. And like, I've done some pretty cool things. Um, like going to 2008, uh, winter Olympic games in park city, like stuff like that, you know? Um, and I think it'd be cool to be able to give that to her and our kid. I want one. She wants multiple. Um, <laughs> our kid in the future. Um, I love how he's using the singular every time. Every time. Um, start somewhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there has to be a first degree. Yeah. Um, That's where I'm not arguing this right now. Well, uh, it, the, the other the other wow. Well, the other problem is like twins run in her family and twins run in my nana's family. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I would like to have a nice car. Like, I, I would like us to. Have, I would like her to have. Like, she loves her truck, which is great. Um, and then us have a family car, and then I want my sports car. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't need anything fancy, dude. I, I don't feel like I need to, like, go out, eat fancy restaurant every single night or, you know, like, m once a month. You know, that'd be cool yeah. to, like, go out to a nice steakhouse kind of deal, but... It's so good, because we'd be fat. The way you eat out. Um, whoa! <laughs> Did, did the way I eat out, yeah, we don't want to go into this because she's queen temptress when it comes to eating oh, like crap. No, I love Talenti ice cream, and I work it into my calories at least once a week. <laughs> Sometimes, like okay, Walmart, I was in my groceries delivered, and everyone hate on Walmart, but delivers, and I don't have time to go. And uh, so, yeah, I work it in. If they ordered. Somehow it got added to my grocery order from, like, a previous time. Somehow. No, I genuinely didn't do this. This is from a previous time. It got added. Like, it saves things that you do, and yeah. it will, like, auto thing. Like, really um, intuitive. And we got ice cream twice in one week because he picked it up on his way home from coaching. And then, so I was like, well, I guess I have to work into my calories twice. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's a bad influence when it comes to food. Could you hit the AC down a little bit? Sure. Right here. you got to be careful while you're saying that. That's my job. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not the truth. I plan it into his, whether or not it ends up being that way. Like, I put his food into the app every day. I don't know if you open the app. I should check that. It's how I can see when someone's last opened the app, which is great. Because clients will be like, I've been following it perfectly. And I'll be like, first off, I follow you on social media. Second of all, it tells me the last time you logged in, you haven't logged in in two weeks. So how would you be following it perfectly? You don't know what's on there. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, a few of them have been like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, we've been going for over an hour. I don't know if you guys have any time commitments that you got to stick to. Not necessarily. Okay. Yeah. All right, then I've got one or two more for you before we wind this thing down. Uh, and something I'll ask people commonly is how does faith influence the work that you guys do and how does that influence um, the outlook that you have on your life? I love this. So, I believe, and I just. My mother is me this way. She's probably the kindest person over me. And I look at everybody, and that was kind of a problem at the beginning of, I want to help every single person. And I used to do what now costs 450 like 65 but I just was wanted to say yes to every single person because every single person has a story, and every person is dealing with something. And um, So it's an opportunity that I have, that God has given me, that I get to 
be in someone's life in a very, very emotional way. In some cases, it's not as emotional, just like a, you know, give them the tools. But to watch people's confidence change, to watch people um, have the ability to do things they were never able to do. I have one client, and uh, she just, like, there are clients that can be frustrating. There are clients who are not in it mentally, or they're not ready to do it. But God still will give me these people that are like, okay, this is why you're doing You're literally, this person is a completely different person. And the confidence and happiness, um, and just being really cheerful with them because a lot of these people have really rough lives and they get on their calls and you can see they're down. And I just feel like it's a chance to speak into their life and to benefit them and to encourage them. And, you know, they need to love where they're at and they need to love who they are right now. And they need to be kind to themselves and they need to learn to take care of themselves because. You know, we are his temple, and if we're not taking care of it, like, he created us, and he created us perfectly, and we so often just completely disregard that, and body dysmorphia is such a huge thing, and I dealt with eating disorders throughout my entire childhood, and I remember just being so angry with God, because I walked away from him for a time. I was just so angry that he would let all these things happen to me, and there was other things in that period, but when I look back, and I go, this is why you gave me these you know, trials, to be able to know how to speak into people's lives now. So I wrote down a verse because um, that's what I wrote down. So I can remember off the top of my head. But Ephesians 4.29 says, If each of you use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. And I believe that very much, that I feel like he's given me the gift of compassion for people and the desire to make someone smile, to be there for them, and that is um, kind of the job he's put me in. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty interesting one for me because it's not something that uh, I've had much experience in as far as faith goes until, I'll be honest, relatively recently, um, which is kind of ironic because my name is Christian. Um, and he used to hate it. He used to hate the okay. Christian. Oh, yeah, yeah, my name. I don't love that name. I like Chris better, like if I'm honest with you, I don't love the name Christian. The only person that has ever called me Christian is my mom when she's mad, or my aunt. That's it. Nobody else has ever called me Christian. Um, I don't know, I just not, it's not my favorite like name for myself, I guess. Um, but I feel like there's always been some level of that in me, like kind of piggybacking off what Hannah said, because... I also feel like I've had a lot of compassion for, for people, um, and it, I feel like it's definitely what's led me to down the path that I've been down as far as um, coaching goes. I, I mean, I have, I've had clients that want to go to the CrossFit Games, and you know, in that sense, they're easy to work with. I've had clients that want to go to CrossFit Games that are hard to work with. I've, I've had clients, I have a client who's a quadriplegic and he's the most positive man you will ever meet in your entire life about his condition. Um, I've had, you know, the, 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 the mom, the single mom teacher going through her divorce with two daughters who can't even afford what I'm giving her. And I begged the gym owner to, you know, help with that financial aspect for her because I, I you know, I believed in her and she would, she would come to the gym and forget her shorts and she would do the workout in jeans and a blouse. Like, she was just that kind of person. And um, I guess for me, it's, it's seeing, seeing people actually have that change and um, 
you know, there's there's a quote that I think is what really turned things around for me, and it's uh, Jeremiah eighteen four, and it's um, Jeremiah going down to the the uh, potters, and he sees the 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 man working with the clay, and it's you know God's message for Jeremiah, and he's he's making this thing out of clay, and he doesn't like it, so he starts over again, and the emphasis is on the word again because he started over multiple times. And it's just a reminder that, like, we can be made over again, you know, with whatever it is we're going through, um, whether it be, you know, really good time or really bad time, which is usually, you know, when you'd want it. Um, I feel like that happened for me. Um, and <clears throat> I feel like everybody has the opportunity for that to happen to them. You know, it doesn't really matter where you come from or where you've been. Um, and you know, if you asked me this a year ago, I would not have said that. Um, so it's, it's definitely been an interesting journey and, um, you know, I feel like I've been made again in that sense, even in just these past six months. So, um, these days it's, it's, it's one of those things, um, you know, I just try and believe that he will provide and. It's funny because, again, being new at this, you know, like it's, it's one of those things with, with the houses thing. You know, I'll, I'll tell Hannah, like, oh, I didn't get that many houses this week. And then Monday hits and it's like, oh, I already have five this week. It's like, okay, you know, there it is. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's just kind of piggyback off what Hannah says. And I think it kind of goes back to like the customer service thing I was talking about recently. Um, I just like to make people happy the way that they like to be made happy, in a sense. Um, and even if somebody was a certain way, I still feel like they all deserve to be made again in that same happiness. So Yeah. I feel like even just from the conversation, like I can tell that you guys are all about like treating others how they want to be treated and how you would want to be treated in that aspect. So, And the whole loving your neighbor as yourself. So Yeah. It, it really comes through even just in the whole conversation leading up the, to this. So it's Sick. when you guys even answer with that, it's like, yep, it, that's, that's what we've been hearing the entire time. So it's, I appreciate great. that. Yeah. The other part of it is like you mentioned the faith and trusting because the business we're both in is very dependent on, you know, like I have been able to get just word of mouth and I like reminding, like being very thankful and grateful to that he's provided, you know, opportunities and people and, and truly anyone could just stop coming and I could, my business could dissolve in three months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just never happened. And, uh, you know, just trusting that he'll provide and he'll kind of show the next step. And he has always been faithful to do so. So it's, when I get stressed, I guess that's a key there is, like, I do need to spend time in his work and be like, okay, I need to give this to you because I'm trying, this is where I'm trying to take control and I'm trying to, you know, literally control everything, fix everything, and then I just need to go, no, it's in your hands, because no, never my entire life was me trying to take control, and, like, I prayed for Chris every single day for, like, four and a half years, and, and then God just, you know, six months ago was like, yeah, we're going to change his heart, in, in the regard to, like, you know, him being open to him, so it, I think he's always faithful, and it just sometimes is a very different timetable than we're expecting. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> True. All right, as we wind this thing down, I've got five quick questions for each of you, and we'll kind of go back. I'll read the question, and then we'll do Hannah and Chris, and we'll just kind of work all the way through. So what's the most impactful thing you've learned? 
You do anything if you try hard enough. And with God's grace. That you can be made again, no matter what your circumstance or situation. Favorite movie? Boring. I literally don't have a favorite movie. Uh, Wedding Crashers. Right on. Uh, your first character strength that comes to mind? Tenacity. Hmm. Passion. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm really bad at those questions. <laughs> Bucket list, anniversary, destination. Italy. Wait, uh, I should say we should say it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, Italy, 100%. 100%. A month in Italy. Just Italy. Don't care about any other part of Europe. That'd be awesome. Well, yeah, eventually, but just Italy. Second on the bucket list. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Uh, where can people follow what you're doing or contact you guys in regards to uh, working with you? Uh, so my website's insideoutnutritionusa.com um, or on Instagram, I think it's Hannah Noel Nutrition at, or do, is there even an at? Or it's, it's at, at first, yes. Yeah, yeah, I try to on social media. Yeah, no, no, no. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's the contact. Alright. Um, mine's just at, I have two Instagram handles. One's like I'm kind of like rebranding them. One is now at Chris underscore Nultography, N-U-L-L. Um, and that's going to be like my more fitness, personal, like photography kind of stuff. And then just at Nultography is going to be more branded for like real estate specifically. Um, and then Nultography.com is my website and stuff. So Sweet. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks yeah, for the questions. Fun. Absolutely. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and until next time, I hope your hammer stays accurate, your Wi-Fi fast, and you work blessed. See everybody. Blah, blah. <laughs> Another one for Mason. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That was cool.